Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. So guys, we have a guest speaker tonight. And listen to this. Yeah. Um, We're not alone. There are other people like us. Um, We got the Mainers here. I I saw these guys Monday night. Hey guys, twice in a week. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so uh, Matt is from Harvest Chapel. You guys ever heard of that? Yes, it's a great church. It's where uh, Todd White went and uh, Dan Moeller. It just pumps out radical young leaders, and this is one of them. He's the youth pastor down in Harvest Chapel. So let's make some noise. Guys, they're just like us. They're like our cousin we never knew we had. All right? So um, I know he's got the word of the Lord, so get ready. So we're going to switch? Yeah. Battery? I've been here before. It's fine. We have Mike's dying on us, on us as well. So good to be here. How are you guys doing? I like that. You actually responded. That's good. It's a good sign. You like my shirt? Sweet. This is our Harvest Chapel merch, so I'll tell the person that designed it. <laughs> Guys, I'm so excited. I'm so honored to be here. Um, Life Center means so much to me. Um, actually, it was the first time I saw Bill Johnson speak uh, was at Life Center, and then actually I went out to Bethel Church in Redding, California. I was out there for five years, and I did uh, the whole program. Then I actually joined a team that planted a church about 30 miles south of Redding, and I was their youth pastor for two years, and the Lord made a way for me to come home to the glory land of Pennsylvania. So I came back, and uh, now I'm youth pastoring at Harvest Chapel, which is pretty crazy. And, fun fact, I met my wife, Anna, would you just wave? Beautiful wife, total babe, and uh, I met her actually in the lobby of Life Center a couple, mo- couple months after I moved back. A couple months after that, I put a ring on it. And then about six months after that, we got married. So it was all kind of God's goodness all up in here. So super good, super good. But um, guys, I have so much on my heart right now. Like it's always fun like when you try to prepare, uh, pre-prepare for a place, and then you get there and you kind of start feeling what God's doing in the atmosphere. And I'm just going to kind of, we're just going to have fun tonight, guys. I'm just going to share a little bit of my testimony. And I really want to just provoke you to, to realize what's possible. Because if you would have told me, when I was 15, that I was, one, going to drive to California, that would have been enough. Uh, the furthest I had driven from Gettysburg was Hershey before I drove to California. That in itself was like a test. <laughs> and I thought I was only going to go for a year, and God had me out there for five. And guys, I, I, I really believe in the power of the gospel. Does anyone else believe in the power of the gospel in this place? Does anyone else really believe in the power of the gospel in this place? There we go. Guys, when I was your age, I I went to a Christian high school. I I went to youth group, and I I knew how to make it look like I was doing okay. But really, I I was completely broken, man. I I had chronic anxiety. I was on anxiety medication. I dealt with very strong depression. And I just, it was a really hard time. But you know, God is really, really good. Because part of my testimony, God took me out of a relationship that I should not have been in. Because it's kind of funny that when I started a relationship, then depression creeped in. And then two year, two and a half years later, I I get out of that depression. I get out of that relationship and the depression leaves. (laughs) 
sometimes we allow things to come into our life that's not God's best. And if we're not careful, we'll allow, we'll settle for good. But let me tell you, good is the enemy of best. Good is the enemy of best. God has his best for you. God's best for you is not you coming to youth group on Wednesday night, having radical encounters, and then going home and struggling with depression. That's not God's best. I want to help raise up a generation of young people that can truly stand and say, where the freedom of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because we've seen that, where the spirit of the Lord is. But the spirit of God is inside of every believer in this room right now. That means where the spirit of the Lord is, there is tangible freedom. Guys, it, it crippled me. It, 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 this depression, it, it crippled every, every part of my being was, was affected by what I was going through. And then as soon as God came in, I was at youth group. I was not at a youth group that it was normal for people to fall out in the Holy Spirit. They loved the Holy Spirit, but sometimes him coming in was kind of scary for everyone. <laughs> so I'm worshiping and just like, Josh was saying, like, who wants it? Because that's what it comes down to, guys, is who wants it? Because it's available for every person in this room. And not none of us can get to the point where we say, oh, we have it, we're good. Every day we need him. Every day we wake up and we have to pray, God, examine my heart and remove anything that's not you. Because Little things can creep in, inside of us, and it can distract us, and that's how the enemy wins. How are we responding to the people in our lives? Guys, how are you responding to your parents? How are you communicating with the people around you? Guys, it's so easy to shine bright in a bright room. It really is. It's lit in here. It's a lot of light in here. What about when you go to school? Not, not so much. Now it's on you. It's on you. And the power of the gospel says that we, we cry out for revival. We say, God, we want revival. I believe that you're revival. I truly believe that every person in this room is revival. That wherever you go, revival can happen. At work, at school, at the dinner table, on the way here in your car. All of you have what it takes. I didn't realize that. I was looking in the mirror, and I was hating who I was seeing in the reflection when I'm made in the image of God. You know that that hurts God's heart? When we actually look in the mirror and we, we critique, when actually you look like him, and you look like him, and you look like him, and you look like him. All of us have a unique expression of the image of God. That if I... One of my heroes is Todd White. If I try to look like Todd White, that would look weird on me. <laughs> but you know, I look at Todd and I, don't, I see Jesus inside of Todd. I don't look at Todd and say, I want to be like Todd. I say, I want to be like Jesus. And the Christ in me looks different than the Christ in Todd. You guys have to fall passionately in love with yourself. It's okay for you to love yourself. You know why? Because you're never going to love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. It's really simple, guys. You, you get saturated in the furious, perfect love of your father. And you look in the mirror and you say, wow. And you, you start to see him in you. And you're like, oh my, 
he's inside me? Like, do you really believe that? Like, do you really, really believe that? Because when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And guess what? He really meant it. He wasn't like kidding around. When he said, it is finished, the veil tore from top to bottom, symbolizing that God is tearing that veil from top to bottom so that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. I have loved tattooed on my wrist just in case I forget. That I am a loved son of God. That's who I am. Before anything, before pastor, before husband, before anything that this world can try to label me, I'm a son. And I get to flow from that place. So I want to ask you guys, if you think about this, what side of the torn veil are you living on? That's kind of deep. What side are you choosing to live on because everything from God's perspective has been done for you to live in his perfect presence. And sometimes we find ourselves on this side like, uh, I don't know, today was a hard day. I don't know if I deserve to be on the other side. The fact is Jesus died on the cross because you, don't, you didn't deserve to be on the other side, but he was the payment. He, he took the punishment. He took our place. The word says that we've been co-crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in and through me. I want this to penetrate your heart so much that when you look in the mirror, all you can see is the reflection of your father. That any time the enemy comes and tries to whisper little lies into your mind, you cast those lies out. You take some, some thoughts captive, You take every thought captive and align it up with truth and say, God, is this you? If it's not, get it out of your mind. Get it out. You can't afford for it to be there because it it, it dictates everything that you do. You guys are so powerful. I look around in this room filled with young people, and I'm like, if only a handful of you that go to your school get this, it's, it's, it's done. It's done. It's done. Like the enemy can't win. Like he already lost. He's already been defeated. Step into the victory that was already purchased for you. Is this getting you lit up? Because this stuff, guys, this doesn't get old to me. This gospel isn't something that just sounds good and then something else better comes along. Guys, this is it. This is the gospel. Colossians talks about the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, and by this, you will, this will be the assurance of you sharing the gospel. Christ in you. I tell my kids all the time, tell your friends you're possessed by a ghost. His name is holy. <laughs> because that is so true. For every person in this room that said, Well, one, that didn't just pray a prayer, but gave your life to Jesus, because there's a difference there. When you've given everything to Jesus and say, you know what, I don't quite understand everything I'm about to get into, but something is happening in my heart. Faith is entering my heart, and I believe. In that moment, I believe you become a brand spanking new creation. Not a little different. Brand completely new. New, with the Spirit of God in you. 
Like literally, he chose to come from behind the veil into you. We are now living, breathing tabernacles that host the spirit and essence of God. That has got to shake us up because that means when you're pumping gas, guess what? The Holy Spirit is literally being released around you. You are hosting the spirit of God wherever you go. Wherever you go. (laughs) You are never called to tiptoe into the presence of God. You are called to boldly approach the throne. Boldly. That means on good days. That means on bad days. You can boldly approach the throne of God. The devil doesn't want you to know that. Because how many of us know that when we mess up, when we fall short, the last thing we can do is we feel like we can't boldly approach the throne of God. Because the enemy comes in and says, Who, what are you doing? You're, you're never going to get this. You just keep messing up. You're awful. You're horrible. That's condemnation, and it's nothing from God. The other, the other week I was preparing a message, and I saw this. It was like 5 a.m. God knows I don't wake up at 5 a.m., <laughs> You hear people like, oh, brother, I woke up at 4 a.m. I spent a good two hours at the Lord. That ain't that. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> it's not how, how I work. <laughs> so when the Holy Spirit gets me up at 5 a.m., I'm like, okay, you want to talk? I'm listening. Like, you do have to take advantage of those opportunities because we can't just go, man, I'm going back to sleep and then miss out on something. Hear my heart. But what I heard was, if I had the keys to my house, like the keys to every door of my house, and I chose to give it to someone. And I said, my house is now just as much yours as it is mine. Here you go. I give them the keys. Life happens. They lost the keys. They misplaced them. They don't know where they are. Does that make my house any less theirs now? They still have access, but they can't reap the benefits of the blessing. So now... If they want to enter that house, how are they going to get in? They're going to break the door down. They're going to go through the window. They do something sketchy to get inside. Now they're taking on the appearance of an intruder, not a welcomed guest. So how many sons and daughters simply just lost their keys? To God's house. Because this is literally how the Lord looks at this. When you give your life to Jesus fully, he goes, here you go. Here you go. Here's here's full access to my kingdom and all that it possesses. Here you go. That's the gospel. The gospel, it, it has nothing to do with what you did or worked for. You did not do anything. Jesus did everything for you to receive this reward. So I'm here to tell you, some of you just need to realize, you have the keys. The devil wants you to think that they're so far gone, or you messed up so many times, or you know what, you come to youth group every week, and you make it look like you're doing good, but you're not really. Guys, there's people in this room that need true freedom and true breakthrough. Like, not like a little bit of glory, and then next week I'm dealing with the same crap. Because guys, his blood paid for you to live in freedom. Not for only you to live in freedom, but for you to realize you have the keys that your friends need. You have the keys that your parents need. You have the keys that the guy you just walked by needs. Oh, you need a healing? Oh, here's my healing key. Got it. You need a new back? Oh, it's a good thing I have the key to the back room 
Awesome. Cool. I have access to that room. I'm allowed to go into that room. Who just needs to be reminded that you got the keys? I think we spend most of the time asking God to do things that we're supposed to do. I think we pray like, oh, God, bring the change. I want more revival in my school. He's like, yeah, I put my spirit inside of you so revival could come everywhere you go. And it's already in your school. You just realize it's not. You're it, <laughs> actually. You're it. You're it. You're it. You are it. You, have, you cannot be a thermometer. You have got to choose to be a thermostat. We are not called to go into an atmosphere and be like, oh, wow, it's real hopeless in here. Oh, that sucks. See ya. No, you go into a place, you realize, huh, there's a lot of fear in here. Okay, well, perfect love, what does it do? Cast out all fear. So it's a good thing Mr. Love that lives inside of me is here in this place. Oh, this place needs a little bit more joy. How about joy unspeakable? That sounds good. Oh, you need peace, brother? It's a good thing I have the peace that passes all understanding. We have to get our eyes off of us and get our eyes onto him. Because, guys, we watch things like the passion, and it gets close. But, guys, you couldn't tell he was a man hanging on the tree. He took a beating of a lifetime for you. It says that Christ endured the cross for the joy set before him. You're that joy. You are that tangible joy. And the crazy thing is, guys, when we have people... Come into, picture this. Picture if the person that, that you know is the worst of the worst of the worst person that goes to your school, that makes the most drama, that dates the most girls and dumps them, whatever. That person. What if they come to youth group one night? They radically encountered God, like my boy Saul. Killed Christians for a living and then became Paul. He radically, she radically comes to youth group, gets set free, goes back to school on Monday, and starts sharing the gospel. Starts preaching the gospel. Starts healing people at lunchtime. Because they're so set free. Some of us would celebrate and some of us would get jealous. And we'd look and we'd say, I've been going to Life Center for two years. Why aren't the healings happening through me? Because you're not praying. And I say that because there's so much potential. Would, uh, that's the older brother and the prodigal son. Guys, our hearts have got to be positioned that if that happens, nothing but celebration would come out of us and say, God, thank you for setting that person free, God. If anything, let it convict your heart and say, God, that's crazy. They just got saved last week, and, and they're now preaching the gospel. That's amazing, God. Help me. I need to do that. And we allow ourselves to go on the operating table of Jesus, and we say, Jesus, remove anything in me that's not you, because I can't afford it. I can't afford to have hatred in my heart. I can't afford to have judgment in my heart, God. Have those real prayer moments with Jesus to say, God, make me new. I, guys, it's like I carried around a luggage full of masks when I was your age. You need happy, Matt? Okay, one second. Happy. It's great. You need loving? Okay, let me find it. I was giving everyone a false representation of that. 
because I truly hadn't had an encounter with my father. We can't live off five months ago's encounter. We can't. Guys, it breaks my heart as a youth pastor to give my life, lay my life down. My wife, every youth leader you have in here, choosing to lay your life down for a generation. Pray, spend time with you guys, believe in you, and see the enemy win on little stupid things. Our lives have got to represent him in every way. Your Instagram account has got to look like Jesus. Your Snapchat account has got to look like Jesus. We want our friends to come into the kingdom. We want to represent them well, but we're talking just like them. We're doing the things that the world's doing, and we're wondering why we're not making change. Guys, it's all in or nothing. I'm not here to be super hard on you guys. I'm saying this stuff because I believe in every person in this room. I truly believe if one of you gets this, it, it means that thousands will get it. If one of you gets this and you say, you know what, God, that's me. You know what? That's challenging to say, you know what, God, if someone did get saved in here and they were the worst person, maybe I would be a little jealous. God wants to remove that tonight. If you're, if you're, if you're coming to youth group and and you're experiencing God, but you're coming home and you're crippled with anxiety and fear, God wants to remove that tonight. You know why? Because when I got set free a week later, I stood in front of my youth group as a 16 year old. I dumped those pills out in a trash can and I said, this is a lie from the pit of hell. Because in my Bible, it doesn't say that's what freedom looks like. Freedom looks like freedom. Freedom looks like I I go to him for for peace. I go to him for direction. I go to him for hope and love. I don't need to go to a girl. Guys, you don't need to go to a girl for your identity. Girls, you don't need to have a guy to tell you you're amazing. You're beautiful. Every person in this room. You don't need a guy to tell you that. One, they're not men. They're little boys that don't know Jesus yet. And I'm sorry, guys, I'm looking at you. I I believe in you, but I want to raise up a generation of men that love Jesus, that that don't care about how many girls you've been with. I'm with the king. And and you know what? That's how you get an Anna. (laughs) I'm just being flat out honest with you. There's nothing I can do to deserve her. God is that good. But good is the enemy of best. Some of you are settling for good. I'm picking up on a lot of stuff and I'm trying to hit a lot of different areas right now, which is awesome. But if there's some of you that are dealing with anxiety and depression, it leaves tonight. If there's some people that are dealing with, I have to have a boyfriend to feel good about myself, it leaves tonight. Guys, I need girls to text me to feel good about myself. That leaves tonight. You go home and you badmouth your parents. That leaves tonight, guys. Some of you guys have parents that need to see the Christ in you to come into the kingdom. The way that you react, the way that you respond, the way that you just do the dishes without them asking you, and you do it unto the Lord. God, I'm going to choose to go in my house, and if there's trash there, I'm going to take it out unto you, Lord. I'm going to take it out the best way that I can. If I'm walking down the sidewalk and a little bit of trash comes out, I'm going to bend over, I'm going to pick up that trash, I'm going to put it back in the trash can, I'm going to do it the best I can. Unto the Lord. They'll say, man, what does it look like? Man, the way that you wash those dishes, I saw Jesus. <laughs> Teachers, man, the way that you answer that question, something's different. Something's shifting. You look different. 
You look different. What's, what's changed? And you get to look at him and say, Mr. Smith, Jesus found me, man. <laughs> I'm realizing that there's parts of me that it wasn't truly who I am. I apologize for acting a fool. I apologize for being a distraction. I'm going to do better. That looks, that's revival. <laughs> that's tangible change. That's being the example. Guys, that's what I want for you. I want you to realize that you have a king like Jesus that literally took on that beating so he could get his spirit inside of you. We've all heard this from Todd, but it's not about going to heaven. It's about heaven coming and living in you so now you can release heaven everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, your best friends need it. Your enemies need it because the word tells me to pray for those who persecute you. I'm going to challenge you with this. Because it's something that obviously if you turn on the news, you're, gonna, you're, you're seeing it. And it breaks my heart. Why do you think we're having so many shootings? The enemy knows how powerful your generation is. He knows the calling that's on your lives. And let me tell you, if the world can have a hit list, and right now I ask you, if it happened in your school, who would it be? Guarantee three people just popped in your head. Why aren't we reaching out to them? Because that's the gospel, guys. It's you saying, you know what? I'm not going to pray out of fear. I'm going to pray out of that soul is lost. And God forbid if something happened to him or her, they would die and they would burn in hell for eternity. We have forgotten that. We have to get passionate about that's why we're praying. We're not praying so a school shooting doesn't happen. We're praying because that's a soul that needs Jesus. So if the enemy can use hit lists, why can't we have hit lists of people that we're going after in prayer? <laughs> someone, someone finds a list in your purse and like, oh my gosh, what is this? This caused some concern. Let, let me question you about this. Oh, you found my hit list. Oh, that's actually the list. I spend actually a half hour every night praying for those people every night. Oh, that's what you, oh, okay. Oh, oh you found my list. That's what I want, guys. Because that's the gospel. That's transformation. But we cannot give what we don't possess. How can we go up to someone that's riddled with depression and say, oh, can I? And, and we're so broken and we're not releasing truly Jesus. God wants you free. None of you can be worried about what the person next to you thinks. The person next to you wants you set free. Should we should want each other set free, completely free. That we're not dependent upon what the world says about us. We know who we are. Girls, you know, you get confident. You know who you are. And some girl, some, some, some girl or guy asks you for something inappropriate. And you're like, what? You obviously don't know who I am. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be praying for you. Seriously. I'm going to be praying for you. Out of love, out of love, but you need Jesus. <laughs> you asking me for things like that, you need Jesus. Guys, you asking for it, you need Jesus. This works both ways, guys. And, oh, how does he know this? I, I, I'm in schools. I, I do after-school clubs. I, I, like I said, every, my life is devoted to your generation. And I truly believe in you. I, you don't even know me. I know him, and he knows you. I can, I can look in your eyes and say, I love you because I, I love love. I'm in a relationship with love itself. 
And that's the kind of love that I can give you. So I, I know we hit a bunch of stuff tonight, but I, I feel like God wants a lot of time to go after stuff. Because, guys, you have to get the vision for this. I, I've heard this before where people say, mm, maybe, maybe next week. We're not guaranteed next week. I'm sorry, guys, but we're not. I wish I could stand here and tell you we're all guaranteed the next 50, 60 years, but I can't. All I can do is guarantee you he's this good. That if you lay your life down and say, God, that guy's out there, he's sweating a heck of a lot. I do that, tend to do that. It's okay. But what something he's saying is compelling my heart. My, my heart is being tugged. And some of you, you've been in church for a while. You, you've gone through the motions. And God says, there's so much more. Ephesians says, may you experience the love of God, though it's too good to fully comprehend. That's a pretty amazing promise. You're going to experience my love, but dude, as soon as you think you got it, you don't. Because it's way better than that. That's the kind of love that you guys need to encounter. Some of you guys think that you know your love, but you don't know you have authority. You don't know you've been given the keys. God's like, hey, stop praying for me to do that. You do it. Do it. God, I want revival in my school. So do I. God's saying, it's me too. Me too. Wake up and realize it's you. It's you. It's it's what can we do every day to bring the gospel into our school? Oh, but they're not letting, bring your Bible. It's legal for you to bring your Bible in school. And if the principal's going to tell you not, tell them to call me and we'll have a conversation because it's legal (laughs) for you to do that. And boldly be who you are. But allow your life to be the loudest voice. The way you respond, the way that you act, the way that you love, the way that you pass people in the hallways. Let people, did not the disciples shadow heal people? I, when I get to heaven, I want the highlight reel of every time I shadow healed someone. Because I truly believe that God is that good. That he can have me go to Walmart or wherever, and my mind is on like getting Pringles or something. And I'm not even thinking about stopping for the one at that moment. I'm just thinking about the sour cream and onion Pringles. Barbecue, oh glory to God, thank you Jesus. I'm thinking about that. And God is so good. He's like, man, I, I made Matt crave Pringles. Because there's a lady in the Pringle aisle that has stage four cancer, and he's going to walk by her, and his shadow's going to heal her. Oh, I can't wait till I can tell him about this one day. I believe that's the kind of God we serve. I truly do. I truly, truly do. That's not an excuse to not use your voice and stand behind fear, because if you have fear in your life, we need to crush that thing too. Because some of you guys, you know you're packing heat. You know you're fully loaded, but you ain't, you ain't doing nothing with it. You're not doing anything with it. You guys can. Your voice creates worlds with its wor- with your words. You create worlds, literally. You, you can prophesy your day. If you wake up in the morning and say, oh, today's going to be a really bad, horrible day. You just prophesied that. Enjoy that one. <laughs> Have fun with that. I text my youth all the time. Oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing awful. I'm depressed. Well, you're prophesying that more in your life right now as we're having this conversation. Realize who you are. Stop saying that. I love you. I love you. But I'm not here to tell you just, oh, we'll get through. No, he got through this. <laughs> he got through this so you don't have to go through it. 
So why don't we all just stand up? Can we just do that? Can we stand up? Can we start going after it? I'm not sure how we do this, but I'm going to invite the, the prayer team to make yourself available. Anna, if you could come up here as well, that'd be awesome. But guys, don't check out at this moment, man. This is, this is the most important part. And the devil would love to get distraction in the room. So guys, I need you, however you do it, just get your eyes fixed on Jesus right now. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you for being here. <laughs> Holy Spirit, thank you that you're already healing hearts. God, thank you that it's already begun. That you weren't waiting for us to say, Holy Spirit, come. You're here. And you're ready to move. So with every head bowed and, and eyes closed, let's just ask ourselves an honest question and say, man, is there anything that he was talking about that I need some freedom in? And maybe you struggle with the fear of man. Maybe you're just crippled by that thing where you care too much about what your friends think or what people think. Man, if that's you, man, receive prayer tonight and see that thing broken off. If you're asking yourself, man, I don't know if I've actually given my life to Jesus before. Because guys, you can't show me a verse in the Bible that says pray this prayer and you're in. Jesus asks us for our life. He says lay down your life. If you've never made that kind of decision before and something is gripping your heart that you can't explain and you're like you know what I, i've been faking it <laughs> i've been faking it till i make it well that's not going to make it god wants your whole self if, if you're struggling with something like depression or or anxiety or, or fear don't go another day in that so right now guys i'm just i'm not going to ask you to like wait too much just come on up here and just get someone to pray with you We'll lay our hands on you. We'll release freedom because freedom is in this place, guys. Freedom is in this place. So Holy Spirit, we thank you right now for compelling hearts to you. God, we thank you for the breakthrough, God. We thank you for vulnerability. God, we thank you for vulnerability, God. We thank you that we can be real and honest and say, you know what? I'm, I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with fear. And I don't want to anymore. I don't want to anymore. I need him. Come, guys, come. If your heart's thumping out of your chest, man, it's you. Holy Spirit's saying it's you. Just go up. Go up. Get that freedom. I hear Jesus saying this all the time. Man, come get you some. Come get you some. You want freedom? It's right here, laid out. Jesus, I thank you for freedom. Like I said, if you've never given your life to Jesus before, you've never accepted Christ, do not leave tonight without meeting your king. Holy Spirit, we thank you for freedom, God. We thank you for depression leaving this place in Jesus' name. Whoever's having nightmares, that stops right now in Jesus' name. Nightmares, night terrors, waking up, freaking out, that's gone in Jesus' name. I thank you for peace that passes all understanding. If you're standing next to someone, man, maybe just ask him, hey, man, do you need to go up? Because I'll actually go up with you. <laughs> I'll go up with you. Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for freedom. Freedom is in this place. Freedom is in this place, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.